a high five. We have some really cute babies in the house, right? So some, there's some cute. In fact, I got a big smile. I don't want to see. You want to go home with me? Big smile. So awesome, awesome. Well, a couple announcements today. In fact, we'll show a couple pictures. Today is the fifth Sunday of the month, and so we uh, we usually have our kids in church, but we have a gentleman that's a pastor that does has done our VBS, and so he's with all the kids. So in one of the rooms, it's all set up with crafts, make your own bracelets. He's got all the giant like Uno and Jenga, and I think there's another picture of I do. If you have kids or grandkids in there, I do apologize. I think there's a picture with all the prizes. They're going to go home with a ton of prizes today. Things are going to glow in the dark all night long, and they're going to beep, and they're going to make noise. Um, but so just want you, just want you, or just think about me about 3 a.m., right, when you hear that. Where is that little thing coming from? Anyway, so it's going to be great ministry for them, worship, message, and then they have crafts. So uh, because we're doing water baptism right after church, if you would like your kids to stay in the kids' ministry. I know we have some youth in there as well. Go ahead and let them stay in there uh, because he'll continue uh, with everything that he's doing. If you'd like your kids to be a part and see the water baptism, you can check them out as well too. So water baptism right after service, right after service, we'll all meet out in the courtyard. I do have to apologize that our spa is at 90 degrees, so it's a little warm. No, so it's going to be nice, right? Because the last time we used the one behind me before it went out, it was 50-some. It broke in the middle of the night, and the couple that was moving to Idaho, like, screamed when they went in the water. So anyways, we have a nice one. And then right after the baptism, we'll have our celebration lunch together uh, next door. A couple things. So we do No Shave November, and I started a little early this week because I really have never been able to grow a good beard. I do have some of the wives that still haven't forgiven me because their husbands grew the beard and then they kept it and they didn't like it. So I usually have to tell Stella, I'm sorry. Um, you know, a few of them around here that they, they kept it on here. Ruben's night, Ruben had one too. But if you'd like to participate, ladies, you can do it too, right? You can do No Shave November, jump right on in. Um, you can join us as well too. We never want to exclude you. So uh, we ask if you want, think of contributing a dollar a day. You can wait till the end of the month, and it's going to go towards our food ministry for two things. November 11th, we'll have turkeys uh, for the community. We usually get some donated. Actually, last year we bought uh, all of them because of the shortage. And then we also need some tables. We need some more solid tables uh, for in there. So if you'd like to be a part of that, you don't have to um, jump in the no shave in order to contribute. So we'll do turkeys and tables. Uh, for this year and then um, November oh I have a picture a couple pictures from yesterday so second and the fourth uh, Saturday of each month we do our food ministry and so one of them is a great it's actually a great picture from across the street of all the tents now that are set up chairs we actually had two people at 7 a.m. that came uh, to be a part I think the next picture is since my mom has moved down we have a full craft table that I think is going to two tables and so that keeps the kids, like, you know, busy and painting and doing things uh, uh, before. And then, hey, we're so blessed. We don't have a, everybody, but we're so blessed with those that serve. In fact, I think the next picture is, is the setup right before or about ready to open the doors. I know some of them came in after that, but uh, it is. It's something that we, when you leave, you do feel more blessed, uh, right, to give and to receive. So second and fourth, grab the card as you leave today that has uh, the two, the dates on there as well too. 
All right, so uh, Fall Festival, November 3rd. We'll email some information. That's this next Friday. That's uh, our, the homeschool group that meets here, Fundamentals Academy. On the Friday night, they've got a petting zoo. They've got a trackless train, bounce houses, food. And then we're actually going to do a free craft table. And then we'll have a tent for prayer as well, too. So I encourage you to come out, bring the grandkids uh, and the kids as well, too, and men's and women's breakfast on the 4th. All right. I have one verse today for our tithes and offerings, and we find it in uh, Numbers chapter 23, verse 13. Numbers 23, 13, and it says this. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do? Or has he spoken and will he not made good? Growing up, my mom always would say this. You're going to get in less trouble if you tell me the truth. If I find out you lied, oh, it's going to be hard on you. Anybody else hear that too, right? So you, you fess up a little bit. But God's never lied. God's never had to repent. And so we remember those things when we trust in his promises. And we trust he won't just say something so that we feel better for a moment. His words are always yes and amen. So as we do each and every week, I want to put a prayer up on the screen. And I want to encourage you to pray this to the Lord individually unto your heavenly Father. Repeat these words after me. Ready? As I give in today's offering, I have faith in the all-knowing God that I serve. Father, you have put a clear understanding of my life, my challenges, and my resources. You know how to take care of me, and I put you first. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you're giving today in service, there's an envelope in the seat back pocket. You can place that in the giving slot that's on the wall as you exit. You can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. You can give online, but I encourage everybody, go to hillschurcharcadia.org and download today's message notes. There's actually a section called As for Me and My House that you can around a breakfast table, dinner table, read through some scriptures as well too. All right, well, if you have your Bibles, open with me to Matthew chapter 3. If you're using a phone, a tablet, or grab your neighbor's Bible real quick. You can do that, right? Grab their neighbor's Bible. Uh, Matthew chapter 3 and hold your place there. As I was reading through some of the verses that um, we send out for water baptism, I kept writing some things down, and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to do my message today on water baptism. We're going to look at some of the scriptures, and maybe you've been baptized, maybe you've done these before. Obviously, you know, um, I've done several baptisms over the years, but, you know, it's always important. In fact, if you can get one thing about water baptizing... It's that you're publicly proclaiming that Jesus is your Lord and you identify with him in his death, right? In his burial and in his resurrection. He lets you identify with him when you're water baptized. But I want to look at a, a few verses today in Mark chapter 1 verse 15 and we'll get to Matthew 3 in a second. When Jesus started his ministry... This is one of the things that he said. He says, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Let's all say this verse together. Ready? 
and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. So we're going to look at that today, that this is something that is commanded of Jesus to do. It's not something that a church makes up to do just to kind of have a fun time. It's commanded of, of Jesus to do. Now, how did John the Baptist know to baptize people and have them repent? How did he know to do that? There's no example really in the Old Testament that would say there's a crazy guy coming one day and he's going to wear funny clothes. He's going to eat locusts and wild honey and he's going to be out in the wilderness and he's going to baptize people into repentance. We don't read any of that. In 1 Peter, Peter writes, and he uses this word as a type, that the Ark of the Covenant was a type of baptism. Because that ark sailed on top of the waters. He uses that example. Where there, there are other types in the Old Testament that could give us a, a reference possibly of water baptism. We know that Moses parted the Red Sea with the rod and the people passed through the water. We know that Joshua, Joshua, um, they sent the ark through and the river Jordan stopped upstream and they pass through. So there's examples of it, but we don't see um, anything up to that until John the Baptist did it. And here's what we read in John chapter 1, verse 33. John is, is saying these words that, I did not know him, talking about Jesus, but he, talking about God, who sent me to baptize with water, said to me. So God told John the Baptist to baptize. In fact, he didn't do it in the public square. You'd have to go out to the desert. Find the hairy guy in the camel coat. He's eating locusts and honey. Find him, right? He'll baptize you. So that's how we read about it. You know, I remember when, um, before I graduated Bible college, there was a, a, in fact, it was 20 some things that you had to fulfill in order to graduate. And a lot of them were um, speaking, like preaching, but our pastor wouldn't let us preach on Sunday morning. So we do like Sunday night or Wednesday night. That's just what he did. Communion. You had to lead communion. You had to lead kids' uh, church. You had to lead worship. Can you, how many of you love to do that, right? Oh, I can't wait. So you're up next Sunday, Danny. You're leading worship, right? That'd be like, what am I going to sing? I mean, that was like great. We had a big choir, you know, and they wanted you to do like the hand motions and the whole bit. You know, you're like, you know, I don't know any of those. Had to check that off. Well, then it was baptism. So uh, we would be involved already in baptism. And so I, I remember one of the last ones that, that I had done on staff and we're doing baptism. In fact, it had a tank in the back like here. And this guy came to get in. He, I'm 6'2". He had to be 6'6". And he, I guarantee you he's pushing 400 pounds. He was a big man. His testimony he gave, he was an ex-gang member and he still had several bullets that were lodged by his spine. So I didn't know what he was about to tell us in just a minute. And so before we were getting ready to baptize him back, he says, I can't bend my knees. I'm just going to flop back. So typically in water baptism, we you know, have, him crawl, you'll see, have him cross your arms, hold your nose, you bend your knees, we take you in and we lift you out. He does. He just goes back flop on me all the way back. The water comes up and over us. So now I'm drenched. And then all of a sudden he hits the bottom, my legs get sucked under, and I'm under him in the baptism tank. Thank God, you know, people lose weight 
you know, like how much they weigh in water because I thought, I'm not going to die today in a baptism tank <laughs> underneath this guy, you know, able to get him up. He's like was all blessed, right? Oh, thank God. This was amazing. I'm thinking, thank God I escaped, you know, today. <laughs> I thought I was like, you know, I thought I was done for. But everyone is powerful and precious and Jesus sets the example for us. Did Jesus need to be baptized? Was there any sin that he had to confess? Did he have to accept himself? Was there anything that he said, did, acted out on? He didn't need to be baptized. Did he need to proclaim himself in water baptism before he started his ministry? No, but here's what we know. His ministry started after he was baptized. There's no miracles that Jesus did until at baptism at age 30. In fact, the first miracle that we read about is the water that's turned to wine. So we read this in Matthew chapter 3, verse 13 through 17. If you're there in your Bibles, uh, let me read this. Then Jesus came to Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you are coming to me. But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him, and, he had been, and when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him, and suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So when it's Jesus' time to be baptized, John's like, no way, no way, right? You need to baptize me. In fact, John mentions, he says, I'm not worthy to tie your sandals, right? Do anything to your sandals. But this is what the, the Father required. So Jesus does the example of baptism and something powerful happens is the Father speaks, Jesus is baptized, the Holy Spirit descends in form like a dove, and we know from that part, Jesus now begins his ministry of miracles, of teaching everything started then. You know, the word baptized, uh, and the way that we do it as far as immersing somebody is really uh, biblical because it talks about to dip repeatedly, which I've had wives tell me when their husband's getting baptized, can you hold him under just a little bit longer, right? Keep him under there, there's some, you know, you gotta get him, let him do some bubble, then you can let him up. No, it doesn't mean that. But it, it does, it means to dip repeatedly, to immerse, to submerge. And water baptism is of great importance to the believer. It's never a check the list. It's of great importance. Well, here's a couple things why. In John chapter 14, verse 15, Jesus says these words, If you love me, keep my commandments. Now, he could have just said, keep my commandments. And we would, right? No, he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Well, he tells the uh, apostles closely before he's going to ascend in Acts in Matthew 28, 19, he tells them this as the go statement of taking this ministry really 
that ends up around the world. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name. Oh, baptizing them. Baptizing them. One of the ways that disciples are made, though the preaching of the gospel is there, is baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Well, we kind of see this supercharged, and you can read later in the book of Acts in the notes, we see this supercharged with Peter. Peter tells people, repent and let every one of you be baptized. We see one of the soldiers that says, what must I do now? Well, it's repent and be baptized. It was that next step to do. But remember this, if you would, today, Jesus' words, if you love me, keep my commandments. Keep my commandments. Here's another point. We identify, again, I said this earlier, we identify with Jesus' death, burial, and his resurrection. He wants us to identify with him. Now, I wasn't there, you weren't there, but he wants us to identify with him in his death, in his burial, and in his resurrection. Romans chapter 6, verse 3 and 4. Apostle Paul writes this, or do, or, or do you not know that as many as us, as were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised, was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so also... We should walk in the newness of life. He wants us to identify with him. right? And in identifying with him, it is living this life out in this newness of life with him. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Apostle Paul writes this down, and we need to make this personal because he says this. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You know, probably when the Apostle Paul wrote that and that was read in the church uh, in Galatia, that's a very bold statement to say that I was crucified with Christ. That's a very bold statement. Jesus, who hung on a cross for probably around six hours, but before that was beaten, spit upon, whipped. Every sin, sickness, disease that was past, present, and future came upon him. In fact, we read on the cross, one of the sayings that is in the Bible is he says, um, my God, my God, why have you for?" Saken me, and it was for that moment of time that it was as if God could not look down upon his son, but because of all of the sin, sickness, disease, past, present, future. And the apostle Paul says, I've been crucified with Christ. The identity, he wants you to identify with that and make it personal. In fact, put that verse up again one more time, Christian. Let's read, let's all read that. And we because we want to make we want to make Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, very personal for all of us. Let's all say this together. Ready? I have been crucified with Christ. 
It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. I now identify with him and he tells me to identify with him. Galatians 3.27 For as many of you as were baptized into Christ Jesus have put on Christ. Think about that. I've put him on. You'll see in December, Ernie Gomez got me a uh, red jacket that I wear every Sunday. I wear it all the time in December, Christmas time. And uh, everybody has a comment. Everybody will probably say, well, you know, you're getting a little white there. Are you trying out for Santa Claus? You know, it's like this big red, big red jacket. But I put it on, right? It's a different identity. You put on Christ. You've put him on. Now, there might be a nature that's fighting. There might be temptations that still fight you, but you've put him on. You've put him on. You've made a decision. You've made a decision, and you've even said that verse, I've been crucified with Christ. I'm going to put on Christ. That's a reminder that he is always with you. Jesus' own words. I'll never leave you, and I'll never forsake you. You will never feel what he felt with the Father because he took all that upon him. What you will know is he'll never leave you and he'll never forsake you. So let's look at a couple things before we close. One of the powerful things that Peter says in Acts 2, that very first sermon that's probably of the church that we read. Peter says this in Acts 2.38. Peter says to this crowd, um, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that's exactly uh, what we pray and exactly what, what we do in baptism, is we're publicly confessing that Jesus is my Lord. He's my Lord. I'm going to follow him. I've turned and I've repented of my sin. I'm making a public declaration and we also pray, you, you just like we read in the scripture, that you receive the power of the Holy Spirit on your life. And I love when we read uh, certain scriptures. In fact, we read this in Acts twenty two sixteen, And it says, and now why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash, and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. I like that one. It says, why are you waiting? Why are you waiting? And I think the one that kind of hinges all of this in one of the verses that we always uh, mention is Colossians 2.12. That says, we were buried with him in baptism in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the de dead. It's that I'm, I'm identifying with him. And Jesus says, I want you to identify with me. I want you to identify with me. In, in a day where a lot of times people don't say that they're Christians, this is those opportunities to be bold. We're, we're living in days that we're going to have to be bold and more vocal for Jesus. There are people around that need to hear the message of the gospel. right? They need to hear that life, and it comes through, through us, through that opportunity. But we follow, and we identify with him, we put on Christ. So water baptism really is that symbolic act of a new Christian or a rededicated Christian.
Christian that is identifying with Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And it's that public profession of faith. Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my Lord. And I remember this. It is an outward sign of the inward work that God is doing in my life. In fact, look at somebody and say, I know God's working in you. I can tell by that smile. I know God's working in you. So one of the things that we do is, is we need to remember, like Jesus said, these are one of those things that Jesus said to do, right? Jesus said to do this, to celebrate. And that's our prayer that more people would, in the future, right, want to be baptized, that, that we would see that because it's such a powerful next step in a believer's life. Bow your heads, if you would, with me today. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You know, if you're here today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. In fact, we, we remember this. It's kind of that, that image of Jesus knocking on the door in Revelation 3.20. He's knocking on the door. And these are sometimes those opportunities to open the door and to let him in. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, uh, I'm going to invite you to pray a prayer along with me. In fact, we're all going to say it together. But if you would pray that prayer from your heart to your mouth, to your Father God, to accept Jesus. I want to give you that opportunity and invitation. In fact, let's all pray this together. Repeat this after me. Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I open the door of my heart, and I choose to make you the Lord of my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, the Bible talks about, I get asked this all the time, do you think heaven gets a picture of what's happening on earth? Well, the only thing we really read in the Bible uh, that takes place is there's joy in heaven when one sinner repents. It's like something echoes in heaven that everybody rejoices that somebody accepted Jesus. The next thing that the Bible says is your name was written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You know, we use an app today called Open Table to get reservations, but you can modify and cancel it and move it around. There's actually a name written in the Lamb's Book of Life when you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I want to encourage you, if you prayed that prayer today, just come see us at the end of service uh, so that we can pray with you as well. So let's all stand together. We're going to close with this uh, last song here. And a homework assignment. Anybody remember? Everybody do the homework assignment. Did you do the homework assignment? If you were at food ministry on Saturday, you would have completed the homework assignment. <laughs> Part of that homework assignment is stepping out beyond who we are and talking to G people about Jesus. Because in his father's house, there's a place for them. And he calls us all his kids. So all he's asking us to do 
is go and talk to the rest of his family. You willing to do it? I know I am because there's not one family member I want lost. Is there any one person in your family that you don't want to see go to heaven? Some of you might be thinking about it. But is there anyone that you really would want to see live for all of eternity in hell? No. So Jesus is asking us today. There is not one that he wants to see perish of his family. And he's asking you, because you're already his kids. Will you go and talk to my other kids? Go and talk to my other kids. I have something to tell them, and I want to use you to do it. Because there's a place in my house for them. So, since not everybody completed the assignment, this is not pass or fail. We're not in school. This is, we'll just keep doing the assignment. This is going to be an ongoing. If you did, please come and see me after service next door and tell me about what happened when you talked to somebody. Pastor Walter is going to share with you. What okay, couple, uh, what? couple things before as we go. Those that are getting baptized, you can go ahead and get changed and then meet out in the courtyard out there. Uh, the rest of us, we're actually going to go to the courtyard. Remember, you can't cut in the potluck yet, right? No peeking or dipping or anything uh, in there. But we're going to meet outside in the courtyard. Everybody get changed. If you said, you know what, I want to get baptized today. I didn't bring anything. We have some extra clothes. Got some extra things uh, that you can wear. We have that happen usually every time as well, too. So um, if you need prayer, though, come up. We would love to pray with you. But the rest of you can get changed. We'll go outside. There's waters in a little container out there if you want water. And we'll meet with you and see you outside in just a few minutes. Bless you guys.